0: welcome to scotch parlor i'm rick scotch your host of the scotch parlor podcast where we capture and share the journeys and stories of inspiring creators who are out in the world doing what they love inspire explore create life is good let's get started I'm your host, Rick Scotch, on the Scotch Potter Podcast. Today, I have Jackson Robinson, who's a father and illustrator. He has been a professional illustrator for over 15 years. In 2013, he formed King's Wild Project, a luxury playing card company that produces some of the most beautiful playing cards in the known universe. I'm not joking either. Go check out his Instagram at King's Wild Project, or the website kingswildproject.com. His cards are amazing looking. Some of my favorites are the Medora set, the Tiger set. Even his uncut sheets are awesome looking. I'll make sure the website and the social handles are posted with the Scotch Potter story on scotchpotter.com. Anyhow, I'm just super pumped to have you on the Scotch Potter podcast there Jackson to share your creator journey and offer some insights on your craft. Thanks for being here and I'll pass it on to you for you to say hello in a brief intro.
1: I really appreciate it. Um uh, it's it's been a You know, it's been a fun journey uh, designing stacks of paper that go into paper boxes for the past, uh, whatever, seven, eight years. And uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited to be alive and breathing and getting to be able to draw pictures for a living. So I I couldn't be happier. So, and of course, I'm here now. So let's, 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 yeah, let's Let's do it. Let's (laughs) Let's
0: talk. All right, cool. So, uh, where are you originally from?
1: I am originally from. A little West Texas town in the panhandle of Texas called Canyon, Texas. Okay. It's right south of Amarillo, Texas, about 15 miles. Um, and uh, the, uh, I grew up there. My, uh, my parents are public school teachers, and my dad's a football coach. My dad was a football coach. He's retired now. But, okay. And I just grew up in this kind of West Texas town. Oops. Sorry about my audio. No. I grew up in a West Texas town. And you know, played football, played sports. My dad was a coach. I got nine uncles that are all football coaches. So kind of so sports it's was kind of <laughs> sports was the was kind of our gospel when I was growing up for sure. Yeah. And uh but I was always kind of an artist and went, you know, was in art class and art class in high school, art class in junior high. Kind of uh-huh. grew up there. And then uh yeah, that's where I'm from. little just just texas tejas
0: yeah man you sound like well you got that football um that that you know what they say about texas football football is everything there so uh so uh, you, yeah. you sure. <laughs> you're gonna test yeah. to that <laughs> no that's yeah. cool so then as far as like you're creating and being an artist was it just general was it drawing uh in, at the beginning and or did it lead into any other obviously well, you do the graphic design but
1: no, no, no. It's a, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a little bit of, of a weird story about myself. When I was two years old, I choked. This is, I'm, I'm not kidding. This is total hundred percent. This is whole hundred percent true. It's not fake news, whatever. Uh, when I was two years old, I choked, I choked on a corn dog and okay. I aspirated on the corn dog and it collapsed my right lung. I got pneumonia I was in the hospital for like nine months and I had, they had to amputate my right lung because oh of my the God. stupid corn dog.
0: Wow, the corn okay. dog.
1: Yeah it was, it was it was a mean It was a mean corn dog. <laughs> yeah but anyways, the, uh, but how that relates to art is when I was in the hospital for you know nine months and I was two years old, uh, you know I was in the hospital a lot when I was a kid with asthma and allergies and my lung and all this other kind of stuff. And when I was in the hospital, all I remember is watching old James Bond marathons on the TV in the hospital, and my mom giving me pieces of paper and me drawing like long clipper ships and castles and 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 rocket rocket cars. And from an early age, all I did was, you know, draw. And so, you know, I was in church. I draw on the little offering envelopes well, and on the the hymnals and all this other stuff. And uh-huh. Anything I could get my hands on, I drew when I was a little kid, and it just kind of led to just what became my profession after that. But that's kind of a weird—that's the weird beginning, the origin story yeah, of Jackson but that's, Robinson.
0: <laughs> there you go. That is cool. I mean, I always, I try to always ask, like, was there a, was there a part in your childhood that you know really put you on your path you are today? And there, you have it.
1: <laughs> that's that's it. exactly the corn my, dog. My epic battle growing. with the corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to That's fight for my life it. for the corn dog <laughs> in a world where a kid chokes on a corn dog.
0: <laughs> now, now he does these awesome playing cards. He's freaking yeah, yeah. awesome art. Um, so, now as as far as so you so you were drawing. Uh, you were an athlete, creative uh, in drawing. Did you? When did you progress to doing actual, like, uh, as far as doing stuff on the computer and using, you know, as an illustrator?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, went to, I went to the University of North Texas, which is a, a state school in uh, North Dallas. Well, North Fort Worth in a place called Denton, Texas. And I went through their art program, and I majored in drawing and painting. But we can talk about this in a little bit. My college career was an absolute worthless waste of my time. Uh, but... <laughs> The, the interesting thing during that, during that time, you know, I was kind of introduced to, uh, when, I was in, when I was in high, let me go back a little bit. When I was in high school and junior high, uh, I saw, I think it really all kind of, like my journey to, in terms of like my journey to the digital, mm-hmm. it all started with me watching Gladiator, the movie. Okay. I, was in, I think I was, I think that I was a senior, I can't remember when that came out. I think I was a senior in high school. I I graduated in 2000, and I remember I remember watching that movie, and it made it made me want to go into like uh, special effects 3D stuff. It was the combination of that movie and also Toy Story. Okay. Interestingly enough, it was Gladiator and Toy Story that made me want to go into kind of like 3D animation and stuff like that. And then I I started seeking out. Uh, to go to like an art school, like Savannah school of art or Ringling college of art and design. But my parents were school teachers and we had no money Mm -hmm, and I couldn't afford, you know, I can't, I mean, definitely can't afford it now. Yeah. But at the time, you know, when I was going to high school, I couldn't afford, we couldn't afford me going to a private school. Uh Um, And so I went to the university of Texas and I, I, I originally, I originally was majoring in like graphic design. Okay. And then, uh, you know, probably about a year and a half in, I was like, this, this stuff sucks. I'm not going to do this. And because I was an illustrator uh-huh. and I wanted, but I didn't know, I didn't really know what an illustrator was because, I mean, I knew about comics and I knew about, I knew about illustration and stuff like that, but I didn't really know what the landscape of my profession or what I even thought about as a profession was. Uh-huh. And, and, and the school that I went to was very, it was very kind of a liberal arts school. And they were very, they looked really, they looked really down upon illustrators. Really? Okay. And the whole time, the whole time that I was in school, he's like, oh, you're an illustrator. You can't be an artist. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was like, well, <laughs> screw you. I'm yeah. gonna be, a, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be an artist because this is what I like to do. Uh-huh. Uh and then it wasn't until, you know, just kind of circumstance and happens, you know, that I I I kind of threw people I knew. I came in contact with this uh, little kind of illustration boutique studio. And at the time it was Louisville, Texas. And they were, uh, the, the place was called five creative. And it was just a, it was a small, it was a small boutique illustration studio. That was two guys, a business guy and an illustrator. And I was like, I was like, and they were doing like star Wars, uh, you know, toy packaging, Marvel comics, toy packaging, uh, all kinds of like, all kinds of really cool stuff. Uh-huh. and Uh-huh. And I just I connected with them, and I was like, "Can I please? Can I please hang around you, please? I'll, I'll, I'll hang around you for free, or whatever." Uh-huh. And they let me, they let me stick around, uh, just like to like be a fly on their shoulder. And and this was, I didn't know anything about Photoshop, I didn't know anything about Illustrator, and I was uh-huh. like almost graduating from college.
0: Okay, and, okay, okay.
1: Uh, and I was almost done. I was almost done with my my superb drawing and painting degree, (laughs) my fine arts painting degree from Uh University of Texas. And it was it was when and there was a moment at which during my time with them, they could see that, you know, that I, you know, I was I was hanging around. They weren't going to get rid of me. And it was more of me just like me wanting to like, you know, brain suck all the information that I could from them. While I you know, while I had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. They weren't paying me a cent. Uh Uh-huh. You know, they weren't paying me anything. And I think that's I think that, you know, I think that working free is I think working free gets a huge bad rap right now, uh, in nowadays. And I think more people should do it. Uh, and I think it's, you know, that's a you know, that's another a longer conversation. But Mm -hmm. it was me doing that with them that led me to they, they were offered, they they were offered uh, the jo- the, the, to be able to pitch a job at an ad agency. This was like 2005, 2006. Uh, and they were offered to pitch the job for Coca-Cola to do their Christmas campaign with like the Santa Claus on the Coke can. Wow. And okay. the polar bears. And this was pretty, I mean, even though the Coca-Cola stuff is still pretty big with the polar bears, but this was like right in the height of when uh-huh. the polar bear stuff was big with, with Coca-Cola. But the stipulation was that they had to be able to do 3D. They had to be able to do 3D work with the polar bear stuff in hmm. order to get the job. And the, and the guy that was the owner, one of the owners, it was a two-man two, two man show. One of the owners was a very traditional illustrator that was like, you know, came up in the late 80s and the 90s with like airbrush and paintbrush. And, but he was an incredible artist, but he had no experience with 3D. Neither did I. I didn't have any experience <laughs> with 3D. And and they looked at me and they're like, can you do 3D? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah I can do 3D. I can totally do 3D. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap, what am I going to do? And yeah. so and it, that was like a pivotal moment for me. And it was me completely, completely and 100% BS in my way through this thing of like me saying that I know. 3D, Uh and they were like, "Okay, you have two weeks. You know, you have two and a half weeks to build a 3D polar bear for Coca Cola." And I was like, "Yeah, this (laughs) would be great. This would be great." (laughs) And so I went home. I was married at the time, but I didn't have any kids. Uh And I went home, and I basically, I didn't sleep for at least a week and a half. Uh The whole first week and a half was just me like finding. This was before YouTube. This was before oh, anything, <laughs> anything kind of like that. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was much harder to find the information. And yeah. I was going to, you know, I was going to Barnes and Noble and buying those big, thick, like, Oh my God. Like, oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Those big, dude. thick books. Like, yeah. You know, Here's Autodesk Maya or uh, Photoshop. And it's like, yeah. it's basically like a doorstop. that's like six pounds. Yeah. Right. And I was going through those and I was trying to find like, you know, like, this was even like before you could like download, download tutorials. Oh, I was man. having like, I was having to Page. find like DV, like tutorial DVDs, and waiting for them to come in the mail in like a couple of days. Oh, and I was just pouring through the stuff, and I, I BS my way through it, and I, uh-huh. I, I taught myself how to do the 3D, and I don't know, I don't know how it happened, but they ended up getting the job with the stuff that we turned in to the ad agency that was for Coca Cola. And then we ended up, they ended up, at that point, they were like, okay, we should probably start paying this guy something.
0: Oh, there and they you gave go.
1: Me, they gave me a job. And, uh, you know, I became like their 3D, 2D illustrator, kind of like supplemental artist. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and it was all from that kind of like Coca-Cola. And so like the, the Santa Claus that's on the, you know, the 2006, 2007 Coca-Cola can was like my first like thing that that's was my kind awesome. of like beginning. That was wow. kind of like that was kind of like the pivotal moment, but yeah. the pivotal moment was nothing more than me, BSing.
0: Yeah, yeah and like that me part. totally. Well, I see what you saying. But, but the fact is, is you were you had well, it was self taught. You you had the confidence that you can teach yourself in a matter of you know two weeks, but you also put yourself in that opportunity, right? I mean, and yeah. and, and the fact is, is. You did it, and I, yeah, I much kudos to you because yeah, that's before YouTube because like yeah, I can I'm oh, self taught. I'll just go on YouTube and learn it. But like, yeah, man, that hey, you know, and now yeah. that's pivotal point to where you are now, and that's a great. Yeah, it's great amazing.
1: Story. It's it's amazing just just how fast you can propel yourself if you, and it's not so much like putting yourself, not like giving yourself a deadline. I think it's more than giving yourself a deadline. Huh. I think it's like. You can prepare, you can propel yourself forward both, you know, professionally and also just like with your skills and also just your, your solution solving brain capacity when you like go past a deadline, not, not past it in terms of time, but like mm-hmm. go even further than giving yourself a deadline, but like put yourself against the wall and like, yeah, and like, like put there some heat behind it, not just a yeah. deadline, but like put some heat behind it.
0: <laughs> That'll get you moving. <laughs> yeah, it will. I think. Yeah. so. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. The pressure, no, the pressure got you as far as it uh, motivated you to 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 accomplish your the work. And I, I much kudos to you, man. Now we'll yeah. see. Okay, now we let's talk about King's Wild Project. So, uh, boom, how King's did that? Wild Project. Yeah, man. So, uh, totally. Like, I uh, before we even get into that, and I want to say this to the audience again: you have to check out. It's Wednesdays. It's Wednesday updates. Uh, Wednesday weekly
1: update update yeah
0: oh my god I love that man just the way because you're 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 nonchalant like you're doing your thing and then it's time for a Wednesday Wednesday update (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode of the scotch parlor podcast just a quick reminder make sure you make a visit to Scotchparlor.com, subscribe to the podcast and also check us out on instagram facebook and youtube at scotch parlor now back to the episode yeah let's talk about king's wild project and you started in 2013 how did that journey begin
1: uh interesting uh when I was working for that illustration studio it's 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 what's crazy about I, I you know life without sounding too like existential but like what's crazy about life is like how how everything is just like connected and how one you know one you know one choice leads to another and how it leads to another the next thing but when I worked for that illustration studio uh I worked for them for about three or four years and then uh we we got my wife and I my wife beck and I got uh we were expecting our first child and <clears throat> and we we were at the hospital having our first child uh, her name's Claire and she was you know she's 11 now and this was 2009 I guess yeah 2009 and we were having our first child and in the waiting room we go out you know I'm outside in the waiting room and my parents are there and everything, and this is a horrible story, but it always, gives, it always gives me a smile because it was like through really crappy situations sometimes come the greatest like, you know, leaps forward, you know, personally. Uh-huh. And so I was in the waiting room of, of the hospital as we had just given birth, my wife and I had just given birth, I didn't give birth, my wife gave birth <laughs> to our first daughter, uh-huh. and my mom and my dad, Sit down in the waiting room and they're like, Jackson, we have something to talk to you about. And I'm sorry that it's right now in the waiting room. But uh my my uh my dad and my mom told me that my mom had like stage three breast cancer Holy in man, the waiting okay. room of oh, of the uh of the hospital as we were having the birth of our first daughter. Yeah. And then literally, I'm not I'm not even joking, like literally. I haven't even left the waiting room, and my my parents have just told me that my mom has breast cancer. My phone rings, and it's one of the guys that I work with, one of the owners of the company, and they are like, "Don't worry about coming in to work on Monday because the company has folded."
0: Oh my! And
1: so, Lord, I not only lost my job, I had my first daughter, my first kid, Uh and my wife. My wife hadn't worked in you know, a couple of years, she was a teacher, but when she got pregnant, we made the decision for her not to work. So I not only found out my mom had breast cancer, I lost my job and we had our first daughter and I was like, what the heck am I gonna do? And it literally made me think about just life. and you know, And I had like a bucket list of things that I wanted to do. And one of those things on my bucket list was to work in the video game industry. Uh, like video games. Cause at the time I'd loved video games. I played lots of video games and all this stuff happened. And I was like, well, I better get busy living, you know, because so much of it is just, uh, you know, ephemeral and it could just pass away really quickly. And so the next day I was like, let's do this. Cause I didn't have a job, obviously <laughs> I was gangfully employed. I mean, I was yeah. gangfully looking for work. Yeah. And so I was like, I've always wanted to work for the video game industry. And so I started looking for, you know, video game jobs. And I had never worked in the video game, had no experience, no, you know, back to that square one of BS in my way through it. And I found, you know, I found a I I applied for a job at a at a studio in Los Angeles in oh. uh Marina Del- kind of by Venice, California.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I got this job at this video game studio. And uh I packed up, we I packed up my family, my newborn daughter, and we moved to Los Angeles from Dallas. Which wow! Was a complete, complete culture shock. Yeah, I hadn't, been to, I hadn't been to California since like I was like seven. Like we okay. went to Disneyland okay. a couple of times.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, LA.
1: But oh yeah, we packed up. We packed up, and we moved my family out there. And you know, we were just, we were just, we were just doing this thing. And I want, you know, I was, I was, we knew that this wasn't going to be a long term thing going into it Mm -hmm. uh but it was something that i wanted to do before i was dead you know to Mm -hmm. work in the video game industry and we didn't know where it was going to lead but it was the next thing it was the next thing that we had and we didn't have really anything else and you know fast forward uh you know we realized that you know i got to do the video game industry thing and i was a concept artist i ended up becoming i was i went from a started as a concept artist I kind of graduated up as to like a character artist, uh, and then I ended up becoming an art director for the game studio. And during that time, you know, I was making good money, and yeah. uh, you know, we were living. But it was California; it was Los Angeles. And yeah, and we're from Texas, and we're like, this is this is this is like my we might as well have moved we might as well have moved to Mars, the surface uh-huh. of Mars for us. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. And we had lots, and we had lots of. Uh, debt and we had lots of just things that were just weighing us down uh-huh. and and my wife and I were like all right we've done this we've tried this we got to we got to do something cuz we can't raise our kids here uh and we we had made the decision that we were going to move back to Texas uh, but we had no no direction no no job nothing like that and and so in order to try to but we couldn't move because we had so much debt and okay. And it was just kind of like, we were in this kind of rat race. Yeah. And so I decided to do a, uh, I decided to do a Kickstarter. This was pretty, this was 2000, this was like late 2012. And Kickstarter okay. had been around for a couple of years. But it was, it was, it was just kind of, it was, Kickstarter was just kind of starting to pick up steam in terms of like, it's a people's awareness of it yeah. and that kind of thing. And so I was like, you know, you know i i uh, i do a t-shirt design and okay. uh and so uh i designed a uh i designed a t-shirt with a a king a king head with a gas mask and even more of a confusing story at the time i i taught a character development class uh, for video games at a visual effects school in hollywood uh-huh. and during the class basically the the curriculum that I would do what I would do for my students was is I would create a character and you know, I would create a character from a concept. We would concept it, we would create the character, we would build the character in 3D. And basically I would teach my students how to to, to create characters for video games. And they would do the same thing as I was creating my character. Okay. And I created this character called Tugsy. T-U-G-S-Y Tugsy. And he was like a 12 year old. Or, the, the his, Tugsy's backstory was he was a redheaded orphan in a zombie apocalypse world. His parents were long gone dead from the zombie apocalypse. And he rode around on a skateboard wearing red Chuck T's and, a, and he had a sawed off shotgun. And he rode around <laughs> on the skateboard blasting zombies with his double barrel shotgun. All right. <laughs> okay. And I had to design a skateboard design for his skateboard. Uh-huh. And that design was this, you know, King King of Hearts, this King of Hearts playing card, and I just threw this gas mask on him, and I put it on the back. You know, if this if this was video, I could I mean I could show you my website, but it has the picture of this the skateboard, uh-huh. and and that was the beginning, and that was the first time that I put this King with this gas mask, and then coming back full circle, when I had this idea to do a, a T-shirt design on Kickstarter just to earn some extra money so that we could try to get out of debt and move back uh-huh. to Texas. My wife is like, you should do that. You should do that King with the sword through his head, uh, design that you did for that, ki- that, that tugs. You're just like, that's that stupid character you did. for <laughs> <through> the <laughs> <Yeah>. skateboard. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 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 I like that. I think that's a cool design. Yeah. And so I, I just put that Kings, that King head with the gas mask and the sword going through his head. Uh-huh. And I did it, uh, As a Kickstarter and I think my funding goal was like four hundred bucks. Okay. We raised like four thousand dollars. Holy moly. I was like, sweet. And this was like, you know, this was very early on in Kickstarter. And I was like, wow, that was that was pretty cool. Let's yeah, you know, earn a couple of extra thousand dollars. And I I I talked to my wife, I was like, Hey, Becca, you know, you know, we raised like four thousand dollars. This is I should and and Becca was like, You uh you should do another kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And, like what are you waiting for? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what are you waiting for? Do another kickstarter. <laughs> and so, like a couple of months later, I did another design for another t-shirt and we raised like another $4,000 and my funding goal was like 300 bucks. And 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 to me that was like, wow. You know, I'm getting to do cool. I'm getting to do what I want to do in terms uh-huh. of like drawing pictures and I'm getting to earn some extra money. And it wasn't like it wasn't like me being a freelancer like hitting the pavement trying to sell my wares and yeah. then, like having to like deal with clients and stuff like that. Yeah. I was just gonna do, I was just gonna create my own ideas and concepts and then like crossing my fingers and hoping people like it really. Yeah. And and so I did another Kickstarter of a t-shirt and it did good. And as and this was probably the second most pivotal moment in my life. Uh-huh. Uh this is when, you know, the the Coca-Cola polar bear thing was like when my journey to you know, being a professional artist started. Uh-huh. This is when, this was the pivotal moment in my life when Kings Wild started. Uh, I was just on Kickstarter and I saw a, another playing card. I, I saw a playing card Kickstarter that at the time, and I saw that it had raised $144,000 on Kickstarter for Jeez. this playing card design. And I'm, I'm slightly... Slightly a competitive person. Okay, okay. And okay. and I, I saw can do this. It and I, <laughs>
0: I'm slightly, I'm slightly competitive.
1: <laughs> and I saw this. I saw this uh, playing card project on Kickstarter, and I saw that it had raised one hundred forty-four thousand dollars. I I thought the cool. I thought the I thought the design was really cool. It was called the Pedal Deck, uh-huh. and uh, um, and I saw it, and I I thought it was really cool, but my my, my mind's eye and my brain, I was thinking to myself, I could totally, I could totally design that deck of cards. <laughs> what is this bull crap? I can, design, I can design this deck of cards. And so, and I had never thought about designing deck. I had never, des- never thought about designing playing cards up at yeah. that point. I had had, I didn't have this, some, you know, peyote induced, you know, vision in the desert when yeah. I was a kid about designing playing cards, I had never thought about it. It was merely me like seeing something and me going, I could do that. Let's, let's try it. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. And, and it was that in addition with the necessity of me trying to earn some extra money so that we could get out of debt so that we could go move back to Texas. And so, uh, and then through that process, my brother, Taylor, he owns a production, a video production company in Birmingham. And we would always like Google Hangout and we would talk to each other and we would shoot back ideas. And I was telling him, I was like, Hey, I saw this, you know, I saw this playing card thing on Kickstarter. I was thinking about designing a deck of playing cards and we were just like shooting ideas back and forth of what we could do. And my brother was like, you know what you should, you know what you should do. I got a good, I got a good idea for you. You should design a deck of cards that looks like money. And I was like, yes, yes. I should design a deck of cards that looks like money. And so my very first deck of cards was called the Federal 52. And it was and
0: uh-huh.
1: It was my brother's idea, but I was uh-huh. the one that executed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, so my, I, 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 I flew out to Birmingham where my brother was at, and we shot the kind of like the promotional video for the Kickstarter. And I did some stuff, and I had never done anything with playing cards. I didn't know what I was doing. But I knew that I had done two Kickstarters before this and I was like, okay, let's step it up a notch and let's, let's see what, let's see what this can do. And I, Uh and I was also coming from the standpoint of seeing that other deck of cards that had raised $144,000. And so we, we got everything together and we ran the Kickstarter project (laughs) and our funding goal was eight, I think it was $8,800 was our funding goal. Uh, and by the end of it, we had raised, uh, I think, $188,000 for this, this, my very first uh, deck of playing cards, the Federal 52. Wow. And the incredible thing was the studio that I worked for, the game studio that I worked for at the time, we were, we were working what was called crunch hours, which is basically seven to seven, seven days a week. Huh. And it was complete, complete hell in terms of hours. Yeah. And I was designing this deck at night when I was coming home. Uh And the cool thing about it was, is the GM, the general manager of the studio, he was super supportive of me being creative on the side. And because I know that some studios are not like that. And they're like, Uh they kind of push back against that. But he was the very first backer of my Kickstarter, my GM that I worked for at the time. That's cool. It was really cool. And- and he watched the project, you know, explode. The first project explode, and you know, I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what was happening, and so you know, I was just trying to finish the artwork for it and trying to just stay, you know, keep the keep a hold of the reins. of This whole uh-huh. thing, this whole project, and we ended up raising about one hundred, you know, one hundred eighty-eight uh, uh, thousand dollars. It's amazing. I mean, well, actually, it was about one hundred about one hundred fifty-four thousand dollars, and then uh people wanted more of them because i had i had designed like four or five decks but in the first kickstarter it was basically just two decks of cards okay Uh, but i had designed like a series of like four or five and people people wanted more and so i was like okay i will you know i'll finish this one up and then like in you know three or four months i'll launch this second project and so in three or four months we launched federal 52 part two and then it raised a hundred, like it, it's, it raised $188,000. Yeah. It's about Damn. six months later. And then like literally two hours, to, you know, I think it funded in like two hours, uh, the second project and literally two hours into it. Cause I launched it like during the week, during the work day. Uh-huh. And I was at work when I clicked the button, that kind of thing. And my GM looks at me and goes, so when are you going to put your two weeks notice in? <laughs> and, and I was like, I, I guess, I guess now, you yeah. know, That's and, cool. and he was totally supportive of it. And he was like, you should, he was like, you should, you, should, you would be stupid if you didn't, if you didn't yeah. give this a shot. Yeah. And, and from that moment on, from that thing, I was like, I'm going to do this playing card thing until it breaks. And that was 2013. And I've done, you know, I haven't done a Kickstarter in probably two and a half years, but, uh-huh. you know, I did 33 successful Kickstarters through that the beginnings. And then I kind of graduated from Kickstarter to where I kind of wanted to leave that kind of platform. And then I started a playing card subscription. And mm-hmm. that's really exploded my business. Uh, and it hasn't broke yet. And and it's kind of one of those things of like, it, it's it's totally a feeling of, I don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this as long as it works. And Mm -hmm. I've never done anything else longer in my life professionally than design Uh. playing cards. Now looking back at it for, you know, for almost eight years. Uh, And that's kind of the, that's kind of like the, that going back to that kind of linear connection of all these different scenarios and, and, and circumstances that kind of led to what was King's wild and to go back to that skateboard, to that, redheaded orphan that's uh-huh. a zombie the, the zombie shooter with a shotgun that skateboard design um is what ke- became my logo for king's wild and when we because we were it was we were starting to earn this money on kickstarter and we were just like we got it my wife and i like we got to do something for taxes so we, we got to incorporate somehow <laughs> uh-huh. and 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 we came up, and, and, and the, that design, that king with the gas mask, we, could, we just call it the King's Wild. Okay. We called it the King's Wild. And my wife and I were like, we should call it the King's Wild Project because I want to create something. Because one of the things that I'm really, one of the things that drives me and inspires me is just like working with my hands and learning how to to teach myself new, new skills, what, no matter what it is. So that I can create stuff myself. Uh, and so we didn't want it to just be playing cards. We wanted it to be a project that was ever, ongoing. you know, ever changing, mm-hmm. uh, ongoing. And so we called it the uh, Kingswild Project. And that's what the name, that's where my name of my business came. And so that, that you can't really see it, but, uh, you know, this is, my, yeah. this is my logo. But No, that's cool. That's where the logo is that stupid orphan zombie killer that was on uh-huh. a skateboard. And that's where it started that's
0: that's freaking awesome. I mean, so how many card de- do you know your count of the different
1: how many card decks you've Um done? I don't know an exact count. Um mm-hmm. but since 2013, you know, I'll have different I've like different series, series of decks that have multiple editions. Uh-huh. And the designs may be different. And through all the different editions since 2013, I probably have more, over I would say over 300 different uh, deck designs.
0: Wow! Since 2013. Since 2013. Yeah. That's amazing. Man. I live, uh, I live,
1: breathe, and eat playing cards. cards
0: right. <laughs> and then, yeah. so as far like, okay, so what is like the process though? Like, so you have an idea, and what is the time frame from from idea to putting it on, you know, a computer, okay. and then going from there?
1: I think early on. <clears throat> I mean. My efficiency has, has, has gotten a lot better over the years since I've been uh-huh. doing it. Uh, and I think in the beginning, like the Federal 52 probably took me about a month, uh, a month of work to create. Uh, but I am so, I get so distracted by shiny things that I have to, I have to, if I get an idea, I have to execute the idea and finish it pretty quickly. And if I don't finish the idea pretty quickly, I'll see something else shiny and then I'll (laughs) lose inspiration and then I'll stop working on it and I'll go (laughs) do something else. Uh And so basically now, if I can't, if I can't finish, if I can't finish a project, when I say project, if I can't finish a deck, a complete deck, and that, that includes, you know, 14 court cards, illustrations, the box, the ace of spades, the joker, all that kind of stuff, every all the stuff that goes with it. Uh-huh. If I can't finish a deck in like two or three weeks, there's really no reason for me even starting it because I'm gonna lose. In, I'm gonna lose inspiration really quickly, and then it's gonna end up not being my best work. Uh, there are a few that, exceptions,
0: that's a, and that's and that's cool, man. Like you know, it's cool that like, the fact that you 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 know yourself, you've identified that yeah, with yourself. Totally. And that's that's freaking cool.
1: But sorry, and cut you off, and, like, and you know, and I talk about. You know another another story that I think is is I think that those those tangible stories that I talked about what led me to uh, Kingswall Project. Uh, this is like this is like this story, and I'll try to make it as quick as possible. This story is like the most pivotal intangible story that I learned, that really has formed the way that my mentality is with when it comes to work, uh, entrepreneurship, and all that kind of stuff. When I was, you know, when I was in my six years of worthless university uh, time at the University of North Texas, majoring in drawing and painting, the, I feel like that my entire six years of tuition was worth this one moment in a pottery class. Okay. Of all classes, a pottery, a stupid (laughs) beginner, like freshman year pottery class. And so I get into this pottery class and- I'm like a freshman or sophomore, and I'm like, what? Well, I'm, I'm I'm first of all, I'm way too cool to be in a pottery class,
0: <laughs> and I'm only
1: taking this stupid pottery class because I have to have this elective or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but I was a, I was an art major, so I had to have this this class. Uh huh. But little did I know that the probably one of the greatest life lessons ever that I ever learned was going to be in this pottery class. We get in this pottery class. And the, and the professor, there's probably, it's probably 20 students and the professor splits us in half, 10, you know, 10 students over here, 10 students over here, group A, group B. And then he sits down at a potter's wheel and he throws, throws a vase and throwing is the, the, the bouge word for making a, making a vase on a potter's yeah. wheel. <laughs> so he makes this, he just makes this standard vase. And he does a great job at it. It's perfect. It's got perfect shape, perfect form. Uh, and you can tell that he's been doing this for years. And this was like, a, I mean, he was like, I mean, this guy was basically barely alive. He was so old. Okay. And he's been, he's like, he was, he was teaching this class like when they created universities, kind of a thing. <laughs> and, and then he, he, he said, okay, group A, group A, you will have one grade at the end of this semester. And your one grade will be your entire group has to turn in one vase that looks like this vase that I just created. That was group A. And he says, All of you have to come together. I don't care how you do it. I'm going to teach you the concepts and the skills to do this. But how you get to this one vase that you turn in at the end of this semester is is your final objective. And your entire group will be great on this one vase. Group B, however, Group B your grade will be on the number of vases that you turn in at the end of the semester. They don't necessarily have to look exactly like this. This vase is what I want you to use as your, you know, as your basis and I want you to try to strive to make this vase. But your grade is going to come from how many vases. They could be crappy, they could be good, whatever. You're going to be graded on how many you can you can Produce, and so we split up into our two groups. Group A, you know, they were they were focusing on one, you know, like they would try to focus on one element, and that that group would try to focus on one element, try to get it right, sh- strive for perfection on that one element, and then uh-huh. they would, you know, they would go to the next element, and they would try to they would try to strive for perfection on that element, and then the other group was just like, blah yeah. we yeah. like th- they were just like yeah, throwing crap, and you know, piles of mud. And they made hundreds and hundreds of just like, oh, this is a pile of dog poop, whatever, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And, and then, so they were doing their thing. Both groups were doing the thing. And then the end of the semester came and group A, the one vase, the one vase group turns in their vase. Really good looking vase. Really good looking vase. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't just like the professors, uh-huh. but it was really, really good and he was like this is really good this is a very good vase and then he got to group b and group b turns in their mass <laughs> of vases uh-huh. and literally there are shelves and shelves and shelves of absolutely perfect vases that are exactly like wow. a professor's vase and and i was in group b the okay. turn in as many vases as you can group uh-huh and that lesson Taught me more about life, business, my art than any other lesson that I've ever learned in my entire life was I think especially as an artist and I think this, I think this is I think this transposes to any form business or whatever so many people I think that like striving per, striving per for perfection is like mm-hmm. the biggest handicap yes. in like actually being creative and actually producing stuff because you can try to strive for perfection and like be this toiling artist. Uh-huh. that has to have everything perfect, but but you may never produce anything because you're always trying to strive for this thing that's stupid and it doesn't exist. And like, and going back to what you said about learning who I was and just accepting that, yeah, and at the same time, I have all these ideas in my head, and what that taught me, what that experience taught me was like, I'm going to have sucky. I'm gonna have some sucky projects. I'm gonna have some stuff that that bombs. I'm gonna have some stuff that sucks that people don't like. But you know what? I don't care because what my goal is is I'm going to try to produce as many ideas as I can, uh, and try to get all the ideas that are in my head and try to produce as many and execute as many ideas as I can. Because and I think it's kind of like stock. It's kind of like the stock market, I guess you could say. Okay. If you have two people. You know, I try to explain this to people. Uh-huh. You've got person A and person B. Person A is is say, let's say person A is me, uh-huh. and my goal is to produce as many ideas as I can. Every time I produce an idea, my skills and efficiency are going to go up, and my uh-huh. my proficiency and execution is going to go up, and my quality is going to go up, and it's going to be like you know, like the S and P five hundred kind of going up, going up, going up. But then you have person B. It takes forever, you know, it takes, you know, toils over perfection and toils and toils and toils and they get better and then they'll release something or they'll do something and then they'll go up. Yes, they, what they produce may be awesome, but in the grand scheme of things, as I'm producing all these ideas, there'll come a point to where my sucky days where I'm bombing it and sucking it up, even at my lowest points, I'm going to be miles ahead of that other person's best day. Just because I've done, I've had so much practice, so much, you know, so much repetition at my craft and my skills that even on my crappy days that hopefully I'm performing at a much higher level than all these other people that are striving for perfection.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Sorry if that was a long
1: explanation. No,
0: no, no. no. You know what? It actually, I mean, one of my questions I always ask is like, what's your secret sauce, right? I mean, would you feel that? I mean, that's, you know, Uh, know, being persistent. My secret sauce...
1: My secret sauce is that there is no secret sauce. It is, it is literally without sounding like a cat poster, a stupid cat mm-hmm. poster. I think that a stro- extraordinary people and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make like a Yeah, sound no, no. no. Or no. Something,
0: but like extraordinary
1: <laughs> people, extraordinary people are willing to do the extraordinary things that 99 percent of the world is not willing to do. And, and I think the secret sauce. I don't believe in talent. And we can, you know, we can chat about that if you want to. I don't believe in talent. I believe in just ground pavement. You've got to grind it out and get and produce as much, get as many things that are in your head out into the real world in whatever way possible. That is the only way you're going to get better. And that's the only way you're going to get better at your craft, at your skills, as just failing over and over and over. And going through all kinds of crap. And I don't want to sound like, like I'm like, oh, when I was a kid, I walked uphill in the snow, uh-huh. whatever. Like <laughs> it's going to hurt. And uh-huh. it, unless, and the only way that you're going to, only way you're going to exceed at it is if you learn to like and enjoy the suck. You know, my dad would call it the suck. You know, you got to get through the suck. And you got to get to a point to where you, you think of it as a game and you, and when the suck is coming, you're like, yes, I love the suck because I know that on the other side of the suck, I'm I'm better, and uh-huh. I'm even better than I was before the suck. So let's go, let's bring on the suck. And so yeah. yeah, yeah. So there is. I don't think there is secret sauce. I don't think there is. You know, and people are like, well, I gotta. You know, I don't know. I don't know that software, or I don't know that that you know right. that whatever. I'm like, oh, whatever. It's just. Yeah. It's all. It's all, you know, in the art world, it's like, I don't know Photoshop. I don't know Illustrator. It's like, it, all those things are tools that you should be bending to your will to do yes. what you want. Yeah. And, you know, and it's always a red flag for me if like somebody like, you know, I wanna do these, I wanna, I wanna do, I wanna do, a, I wanna design a deck of cards, but I can't because I don't know Photoshop. I'm like, that's like the first, that's the first red flag. It's like, it's not about knowing Photoshop. It's not about that stuff. It's just about getting the things in your head out
0: and executing executing yeah, and executing your, because it's man. it's just
1: executing a lot that's going to get you better
0: well uh i know you said you did not want to have a soundbite but you just created a really good soundbite mm. <laughs> nice that, that was good man. so if we if we go back kind of to the beginning uh and we well if we go back to the beginning what's like one thing you had wish you had known as you began your your path is there something where you're like damn you know <laughs> This would have got me a lot well, quicker.
1: I don't think that there's I don't think that there's so much like regret things that I wish uh-huh. that I would have known. I guess it's more of a it's more of a an excitement for people that are out there now. Like, I wish there would have been YouTube. Uh I wish I wish I wouldn't have gone to college. I wish there would have been YouTube. Uh, I wish I would have. I wish I would have learned to like the suck earlier and I wish I would have learned that the suck the the suck coming is what brings the reward. And for people and that's the one thing that just the mentality of you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to 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 get it unless you learn to love that suck and that suck coming at you. That's really what I, you know, that's really what I wish I would have learned a lot sooner because, and I don't, and I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't want to like get into the whole like, oh, this, this generation has everything given yeah. to them, whatever. Cause I know people that are young that work hard too. It's yeah. just like, you just have to learn to love the, the, the process of going through it and, and it hurting because, At the end of that, at the end of that hurt is just you getting better and you getting, and ultimately because of what we do as a, you know, what I do as a business at the end of it, I have to convince you, I have to convince somebody else, you know, I have to convince this person to not buy a cup of coffee. Instead of buying a cup of coffee, they want, I have to make them decide that to buy my deck of cards. And that's at the basis, that's the, really what my business is. I have, to, I have to work so hard at what I do and to make a stack of paper that's stuffed into another paper box, which people think of like, oh, that's, you know, I buy, I buy playing cards at Walmart for 50 cents. I have to show them, I have to tell them a story. I have to show them the work that goes behind it. And I have to put it in their face and say, this is a lot more than a deck of playing cards. And this is why you should buy this thing more than this other stupid thing that whatever. And that's, that's what it comes down to. And the only way that that happens is if I put all of, you know, I embrace the suck and I look at that and I put everything I can into it to where that when they see that this is a deck of playing cards, something that they're very familiar with, the concept of, and they see it for the first time, they're like, wow, I've never known, I never knew that a deck of playing cards could be this. And that's when I've won when they decide to not buy a cup of coffee and they buy down uh, playing cards instead
0: that's uh the that, yeah the that uh that is your mission and 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 I think you guys do an excellent job i mean it i mean that's your that's your art man that's i mean it looks and it's uh and it's 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 i'd rather have your art than some coffee man the coffee's gonna yeah. you know it's been <laughs> int- it's
1: been interesting that You know, for a long time, I I wanted to be this, like, you know, I wanted to be a gallery artist where I create these paintings and I I go to a gallery showing and I sell my, I sell this one painting for $30,000, whatever. Uh But with playing cards, it's like, I can put that same time and effort into this little tiny canvas that's this big that on the grand scheme of things, the price point is totally an impulse buy. I mean, Uh anything uh under 20 bucks is an impulse buy for anybody. Uh-huh. And to where I can create this little canvas of art that when they get this, they're sp- their impulse buying, but they're getting something that has the same kind of like attention to detail and yeah. focus as like this bouge artist that's like in a gallery or whatever. And this yeah. little yeah. deck yeah. of cards is my canvas.
0: Yeah. No, 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 for sure, for sure. So the acronym WIDWID, why what? I do what I do. What so excuse I- you? I know, right? So the acronym I created was WIDWID, right? Why I do what I do. Okay. Why do you do what you do?
1: You know, at, at this point, at this point, I do what I do because I honestly can't, I can't see myself doing anything else. Uh, and it's not so much, it's not so much designing playing cards because I do a lot more things, like we're developing a lot more things than playing cards. It's more of just, what I do is basically I have ideas and I just want to execute those ideas. And and that's really what I want to do. And and I I can't see myself doing anything else. Like this t-shirt is one of our, you know, our King's Wild thread shirts that we're releasing you know, tomorrow I mean, at 12 Eastern. A- <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> you know, this is one of our King's Wild t shirts. Cause and this was this this thing, these shirts were born out of. I found these shirts online. The Instagram algorithm, like did its job and I found this company that made these really cool shirts and I started buying these shirts for like you know 65 bucks a pop and I was like uh-huh. I love these shirts they're so cool <laughs> and then I emailed them and I was like hey I'm an artist can we do a collaboration and I design it you know I designed a shirt for you and you know they wrote me back and they were like I don't even remember what it was said but uh-huh. again you got to be ready for the suck and yeah. it's that suck that brings out the best, I think. And they, they emailed me back, and they were like, blah, we're fine, we have an artist, we don't need, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, fine. It was just like when I saw that deck of cards on Kickstarter, yeah. I was like, I could totally design this deck of cards. <laughs> and I said to myself, well, fine. I don't need your stupid shirts, I can design my own shirts. And so I just did the research, and I found a manufacturer Ooh. that made the shirts, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna design my own shirts the way I want. <laughs> and And I want, I like doing nostalgic stuff. So I got this shirt. Like I basically had these sheets when I was a kid, these flannel dinosaur sheets. When I was a kid, I got a cowboy and I got a cowboy and gun shirt. That's like another flannel sheets that I had. I Uh got a VHS like, and I was like, and granted, I haven't bought those people's shirts since then
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's own. what led to this
1: you know that's that's awesome man that's you know, awesome, like man. you one of the questions you asked me like what was my booze of choice you know uh-huh. my booze of choice i'm gonna totally self-promote this is king's wild mead you know we've been developing our own mead dude, <laughs> dude. i've been drinking i've been drinking the king's wild mead since we started
0: <laughs> that's awesome man so what, what what's the uh what goes into that drink what
1: is the uh honey Water and yeast. All right. All right. (laughs) Now, but if I'm, but that was, that was like another thing too. It's like, you know, I love, I love, you know, I, 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 I brew, I brew beer. I, Uh I love whiskey. I love bourbon. I love scotch. And that was totally a thing of like, I want to make things with my hands. I want to create things with my hands and I want to learn the process. And so I like, you know, taught myself how to brew beer. And this is a new thing that, you know, we're developing that we, we hope we hope to like actually come out with our own mead because like we just look at a business standpoint, like in the state of Tennessee, there's two meaderies in the whole state of Tennessee. And we're like, okay, there's lots huh. of breweries and there's lots of there's lots of whiskey and bourbon people in Tennessee, but there's yeah. absolutely nobody that makes mead. Huh. So like, let's do that. But uh, and so we we you know, it was something we started and it was just like who knows if it works? But I know one thing. I got free booze right there.
0: Yeah, there you go, man. Well, well, then this, okay. So your creative outlets, I mean, obviously you like to you know, learn how the process, do it yourself. But beyond illustration, drawing, and stuff like that, what what other creative outlets do you have? Um
1: uh, uh we we're going to be launching uh Kingswild Coffee, coffee roasting. Cause I have a playing card subscription and uh-huh. so many people, so many people that buy my playing cards drink coffee.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: uh, you know, it's something we've been developing for a couple of years. Like in it, and it started the same kind of thing. Like I love coffee. I love drinking coffee mm-hmm. and I wanted to learn the process. And so I base I, I built and fabricated my own coffee roaster with like Holy a bolly. welder and steel and uh-huh. propane. And I <laughs> built this coffee roaster and it makes pretty good coffee. It makes good enough coffee that my wife likes it. And then I like uh-huh. it okay. and I have free coffee. Yeah. And so uh, we've been developing that. And so we're, we're launching, we're we're launching our Kings wild coffee in April. And it's going to be something that people can add to their playing card subscription. Cause we have a playing card subscription, uh-huh. but you know, like people say what their hobbies are. Like I made a, I made a, a career out of, my hobby of drawing pictures, mm-hmm. even though I did that professionally, like, you know, what was it? What was your acronym? What? Widwid. W- Widwid. Widwid. Wid, wid. Why like, I do what I do? Like, I draw because I can't do anything else. Like, I have to draw. If I'm sitting on a couch and not doing anything, I get depressed, and, uh, you know, I I regret my life decisions, and then <laughs> I just have to do something, <laughs> and so, uh-huh. uh, I have to start. I have to draw, and like. And I feel like that anything I do, if I do any kind of hobbies, just the entrepreneur side of my brain always is on. And I never do anything, I never do anything that I don't automatically think or try to figure out how I can turn that into a business, whether it's brewing beer, brewing mead, anything like that, or roasting coffee, because why? Why would I not try to make a living at doing what I like doing? Anyways, because because it would suck to just go to a cubicle or whatever and do that. What I don't want to do, and so I try to I try to make the hobbies. And I'm not gonna say seek you know seek your passion or whatever. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. That sure does seem a whole lot of frou frou. Like yeah, the people that yeah, say yeah, seek yeah. your passion. I feel like that those this is this sounds like a blanket statement, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I feel like the people that say, seek your passion, they haven't come to the realization to learn to love the suck, (laughs) like we've been talking about. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's
0: really valid. But so
1: it's just all a, my hobbies, I don't do hobbies unless I can think about how I can make them into businesses. So from mead brewing to coffee roasting, you know, I can't, I probably can't make a living I probably could if I wanted to. I <laughs> love Legos. I like Legos. That's awesome. I could probably I could probably make a Lego YouTube channel or something like that. <laughs> yeah, if I flipped the camera around and showed you my my Lego, my Legos up on the Legos? shelf, you'd be like, okay, let's uh, let's let's cut this off here, No, buddy.
0: man. Like you know what though, the Legos, I, and you know I didn't even. So how many kids do you have?
1: I have three daughters
0: three dogs okay so i have three boys right and they're they're 5 4 and 1 the 5 year old is getting into legos and i am starting to find out how because I was never big in Legos when I was a kid, but I'm starting to see the price tag or what mm. um on Legos are, and then because now I'm looking at like the Nintendo, the cars, like I'm like, dude, this is pretty badass, and I'm like, it is. So so, uh, but yeah, it's it's expensive.
1: Well, it's <laughs> but like Legos are. I dope. mean, it's like I make a living designing playing cards, and there is a nut, no, there's a there is enough of a niche market that there's people all over the world that want to collect playing cards that I can make a living and employ, you know, 10 people and have Uh a business. And like, it's like that with anything. And you know, whether, whether it's Legos or anything like that, like, you know, that's even like when I tell people about my Legos, I'm like, and they're like, Legos. What are you? What are you 13? I was like, (laughs) and in my, in my head, I'm like, what do you, what'd you go to like some sports game and watch, you know, (laughs) eat some wings in a sports game, whatever. like, I read an article about like a 14 year old that made like $50,000 like speculating and flipping Legos last year. Whoa. Like that's crazy. Just like taking the things that you like, taking the things that you love and turning them into something like turning them into content that people want to digest because there's other people like that that are out there and why not? instead of fabricating something that's not genuine, take something that you love and that you can't, you live and breathe and just Mm -hmm. turn that into content that other people that want to see and want to digest, you know, that's what that that kid did, you know?
0: Yeah, no, 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 that's, I mean, that's great advice. And yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's always a niche for what you generally, what you're passionate about. And, and if you, and if you think creativity, creativity wise, how do you make money? How do you, how do you build around your passion? But, uh, but get, but
1: be ready for the suck.
0: You gotta be ready (laughs) for the suck.
1: And you know, the thing about it is, is like people, people just want, people just want to be told. People want a story and people want Uh to be told a story. And like, if you've got a guy that, you know, that loves whatever, and that's passionate about it. And he's, and he is, you know, creating things out of what he loves and that passion that he loves, like whatever it's Legos or playing cards or whatever. Like I feel like the reason why we've, you know, my company has been successful is because we've told a captivating story in the sense that I live and breathe playing cards and my, and I tell stories through the playing cards, whether whatever theme it is. And, and I try to be as transparent and as open as I can with my audience and my followers about that whole entire process—that it's it's more than just a product that I'm releasing. Like so many of my followers uh, are so committed and attached and invested in the whole process because they're watching the whole entire story and they're getting told that entire story of, you know, uh, you know of that process. Like last year, like, and this is something that's relatively new for me. Uh, But I go through this cycle of like every, every three years, I've got to like basically hit the reset button on whatever I'm doing to make it, make it new for me. Uh And about three years ago, you know, you know, three years ago, I was like, you know, I, I didn't know what was happening. And I was really kind of like in a, in a rut. And there was go, I was going through a lot of personal stuff with my family and I was like, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to design playing cards or not. and I may, have, I may have to find a job or something like that. And I was really depressed. And my wife, you know, my wife, well, go back to like the suck, you know, go back to the suck. Uh-huh. I say I have three daughters. We actually lost, uh, we actually lost a daughter named Hannah. And it was during this year that we lost a, our daughter named Hannah that I was just going through this super depression. and. It was like the definition of the suck.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. And, oh, man. and
1: my wife was like, my wife sat me down and she was like, listen, you got to figure out how to reinvent yourself in this whole thing or you're going to have to do something else because you're, you're horrible to live with right now. <laughs> you know, you're horrible to <laughs> live <laughs> yeah. with. Yeah. And- and that's what games. kind of led to uh, me. And at, up until that point, I was just doing Kickstarters and I was doing, and I was just kind of doing this cycle of like Kickstarter project, Kickstarter project, Kickstarter. It was like basically living paycheck to paycheck, but Kickstarter, uh-huh. to Kickstarter. Yeah. 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 And so I came up with the idea of the, 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 playing card subscription. And, and, and a subscription box or whatever, wasn't anything that was new, but nobody in the playing card world had done a subscription a playing card subscription where you were getting a new deck of cards every month Uh designed by an artist, mainly because there was really nobody. There was, there was always like playing card companies that were hiring designers to design playing cards. And so there was, there was always too much. There was always too much middleman for them to produce enough playing cards to make an every month thing. But with me, it's my company and I'm also the designer. And Uh so, and going back to that concept of like, okay, I got to produce as many ideas as I can. You know, I bit into that and I was like, this is going to be awesome. It's going to suck, but it's going to be awesome. (laughs) And so I started this playing card subscription where I'm designing a new thematic deck every month. And we started that and then my my business exploded. Um, But what was I talking about? Something really important. The, uh, no, you were, you were just talking about how you had to rechange yourself. Yeah. And, uh, so I had to reset and rechange it and, you know, and, and even that re even that re that restart was through a, you know, through the suck and just this past, uh, you know, in December, some guy, some, some, some two guys that have a YouTube channel that talk about playing cards, uh, you know that talk about playing cards, they all have like different guests, kind of like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And we'll just talk and they'll just have guests on. And they'll talk about magic and they'll talk about playing cards. And we just hit it off. And usually their shows were like, you know, two, three hours long. Uh-huh. And uh, and we got on and we got on at six, we got on at 6 p.m. And uh-huh. we finished our show at 3 a.m. And we talked, oh, we were on the show for like like six hours, you know, yeah, six, seven okay. hours. And the whole time, people were like, oh, this is awesome. You guys got to uh-huh. do this again. And they were like, you guys got you, you to do a 24-hour live show, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And they were just joking. And of uh-huh. course, that competitive nature, I was like, let's do it. And so uh-huh. we were like, let's do a 24-hour live show. Uh-huh. And, and during the live show, I will start from nothing. And during the twenty four hour live show, I'll design an entire deck of cards in the twenty four hour live show. Now we That's had, cool. they had they had they did a great job and they got they they scheduled a bunch of guests to kind of come on and interview while I was working. But the yeah. entire twenty four hours, I was sitting there we designing working. a deck of cards, and and I got to the end of the twenty four hours, and I designed a deck of cards, and it was basically like it was basically like I was like high off of drugs. Yeah, that, the
0: adrenaline Because I was, happened. and
1: going back to that thing of like, n- go past putting yourself, go past a deadline and put some heat on it. You know, yeah. put some heat on it to where it's like, you've got some risk and you've got some like skin in the game to where like, if, you know, it's, there's some, there's some heat on it. And so, and I put some heat on it by saying, yeah, I can decide a deck of cards in 24 hours. Let's do it. Let's okay. do, it, you know, <laughs> and and it was all live and people were watching it and people were talking, and at the end of it, I was like, that was amazing. What, what's the name feeling,
0: of the? Uh, what was the name of the? It was a YouTube channel or? Uh, or was it Deckin
1: decking around? And you can go watch the twenty four hour show. All, yeah, 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 yeah. That's dope. Yeah, people check that out. It's called decking around, and uh, the, and at the end of that, I was like, this is amazing, and just. Not only is just that dopamine hit my brain, yeah, and being excited and being on this high, but more importantly, I just designed an entire deck of cards in 24 hours. Uh, was it the magnum opus of my career? Absolutely not. Oh. But I went from nothing to having a final product in 24 hours, and I was like, I've got to recreate that. I got to recreate that moment again. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and then in January, I was like, okay, how do I re- like? And I was getting on that two or three year reswitch switch period okay. where I'd, I'd already done the subscriptions and I was getting to a point where I got re, to re-switch this thing, reset this thing just to, keep it, just to keep it new for me. And so in, I can't remember what the date was, it was in January, but I started doing these things called Dawn's Early Light. Okay. And basically I would get up at 4.30, I would get up at 4.30 every morning. And uh, I'd get everything ready. And I would basically just do a YouTube live stream starting at five o'clock in the morning at dawn's early light. And I would just do my daily thing. I would just do my thing. I would have no no plan, no nothing. I would just do my daily work and I would YouTube it live on YouTube. And I think we're on day 50. I would do it Monday through Friday. I do it Monday through Friday. We're on day like 58. We're on day 58 now. Uh-huh. I haven't missed a day. I've done it every day of the week, and and I've recreated that dopamine high of just like putting some heat on it to where I got to perform or not, you know, because these people are watching. Uh, and huh. there's been days where it sucked, and there's been some days where I've been like on fire. But the but going back to the the basis of it all is people are sinking their teeth into a story and the story that they're looking the story that they're watching is that this guy this weird guy that wears dinosaur shirts and designs playing cards (laughs) he's just like me i could totally have a beer with this guy yeah he has sucky days he has good days he has bad days but they're sinking their teeth into that story of this is him creating everything and Mm -hmm. i actually don't work anymore I do not. I rarely work anymore unless I'm unless it's between five a.m. and like nine thirty when I'm going okay. live on YouTube. And it's it's kind of one of those things of like, it's just this thing now that I, like I don't I don't even like I go to the office and I help the crew and we help that uh-huh, kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But I'm not drawing pictures unless I'm live on YouTube with people watching and my crew and like my devoted group of they call them they call themselves the DEL the DEL okay. the Donzer Light Crew and it's like 20 people, but whatever. Uh, Those 20, uh, those 20 people are so important to me. And I basically don't work now unless I'm on the dawn's early light doing it. That's cool. And I'll, I'll occasionally do afternoons and we call them the afternoon delights. (laughs) And, uh, and I'll, you know, I'll occasionally do a live during the afternoon, but, but that's kind of the thing. It's like, it was just taking that idea of like embracing the suck and making it, making it real and making it something like just making it a tool for myself to get better.
0: Dude, that's amazing. Like that's, and we're gonna we'll start closing it out, but one of the things i want like that's what's amazing talking to you is you really and I said it earlier the fact that you've identified who you are and even to this this part what you just said you in that twenty four hours you you know you saw yourself and you created this deck, and the fact that you knew you did you you were happy with that the way it felt and you now we created a new process for you to implement that. And that to me is, yeah. that's just amazing, man. That that's, and, yeah. and, and I love the fact of why you're doing it. It's not to show like, you know, oh, here's the deck and I did it here. Oh, I'm great. No, I'm a regular person that's just putting in the work and, oh, yeah. and, and designing and I'm not, and, and watch, this is, this is, you know, some days I suck. Some days I'm, oh, yeah. I'm great. Like, like, and, on, and like people see a that. couple of
1: days ago, like a couple of days ago, I spent 20 minutes I spent 20 minutes on the live just, like, reinstalling Photoshop because it had tried to update, and it was, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. buggy. And updates. <laughs> and I was like, there's, there's something not working. And, like, I didn't stop. I was just like, "Yeah, I got I to gotta fix this. And so I, I'm spending 20 minutes, like, reinstalling updates, trying to figure out what's wrong with Photoshop, just going on my desktop and stuff and doing yeah. the whole thing live. Not we are loving it.
0: Yeah, it's real world, real world stuff, man. Oh, real yeah. world. So, the last question I want to ask you, it's it's a quick well, it's a quick answer question in a way. It's just a sentence. I just want you to finish the sentence. Okay. And the the sentence is Jackson is
1: Jackson is oh, what is that's so that's it's so interesting <laughs> to try to encapsulate that. Jackson is just like everybody else. But I feel like that I'm willing to embrace the suck. You know, I don't think that I'm, I don't think that I'm, I don't think that I'm anything special. I feel like, I think the special thing about myself is that I've come to realization of who I am. And also that the suck is something that is actually incredible in somebody's life. I don't know. Does that even make sense? Dude, no,
0: that totally makes, unbelievable. I love it. Like that, that, that's, that's, that's raw. That's you. That's, I would, I mean, absolutely you. I mean, just talking to you, like I said, Uh, I mean, people will, people will hear that, sense that, get an uh, idea of obviously of who you are and what King's wild projects all about. It's, I mean, yeah, you're, you know, you're doing playing cards, but it's so much bigger than that. It's your platform for you to create. And I, I do I totally relate on, I'm like, I feel like I'm not alone out there. I mean, like no. I'm like, all right, cool. There's other people there. <laughs> like yeah. just the mindset of like when you were talking about how like what's your hobbies? Well, I like I like doing stuff, I like creating stuff, but I also I always want to have an entrepreneur mindset to it. Yeah. And that's what gets that's what gets your blood going. Totally. Like and, I don't have and, and,
1: I don't have time for hobbies. I don't have time for hobbies. Like right. But I'll yeah, right.
0: <laughs> well, uh we'll finish up with uh as far as social handles. Um, I know yeah. I said it's Kingswild Project, but uh, if you want to just talk about that and um if if someone wants to get a hold of you, if you want to put all all that information out.
1: Yeah, we got you know, Instagram is Kingswild Project, my YouTube channel is Kingswild Project. You know, if you wanna you wanna check out my my, you know, if you want to get up at the you know, butt crack of dawn at five AM Eastern time, you know, I'm I'm there every weekday doing my lives. Uh, you know, uh, you better watch out for my Dons or the Light crew because they're they're pretty <laughs> protective of that time
0: you That's know cool. and
1: then uh, my website's kingswallproject.com and so and you can get a hold of me or the people that work for me that they i have an awesome crew of people to help me do what i do through the website
0: awesome jackson well i mean it's it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the scotch partner podcast i was looking forward to when this gets released to the audience so they can hear your story and uh everybody go make sure you do uh follow follow his instagram follow uh, all his social handles um uh, and then check out his the website. The website's dope. You get in really. uh, He does really great visuals. Uh, again, back to this, telling him the story of why why you should uh, buy his cards, then buy that coffee. Absolutely. So it's uh, <laughs> well,
1: you can buy my cards and buy my coffee in April. There you, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah,
0: very soon, very soon in April. You like that? You
1: like what I did there?
0: <laughs> See, man, everything makes sense. But uh, again, I got thank time you for, for hobbies. So- Right. Thank you for being part of it, Jackson. Damn and man. uh and uh and we'll we will share your story and uh you know I'm I'm a fan, man. You're 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 awesome, buddy. I love your stories awesome. and I love I what you're all about. It, Rick. Thank you for listening to another Scotch Parlor podcast. Please visit scotchparlor.com to see short documentary videos, photos, and more podcast episodes of other inspiring creators. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast and check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Scotch Parlor. Till next time, cheers and go create.